بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما Inshallah, tonight we'll continue with the biography of Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu, the great Sahabi, the great Khalifa, Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu. So today we want to talk about some of the virtues of Umar as mentioned by the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And we went over some of his virtues before, but today we'll continue with some more of his virtues inshallah. The Prophet ﷺ mentioned in one narration, بَيْنَمَا أَنَا نَائِمْ شَرِبْتُ يعني اللبن شَرِبْتُ حَتَّى أَنْظُرَ الرَّيْءِ يَجْرِي فِي أَظْفَارِي ثُمَّ نَاوَلْتُهُ عُمَرِ قَالُوا فَمَا أَوَّلْتَهُ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ قَالَ الْعِلْمِ So this is a beautiful hadith where the Prophet ﷺ narrates a dream that he had. So he had a dream that he was drinking milk he was drinking milk and he drank to his satisfaction and to his contentment until the milk was actually flowing through his nails so he drank it to the extent where he was so satisfied with it that he could see it in his nails then whatever was left over from that container of milk he gave it to Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu so imagine this, the Prophet ﷺ drinking milk from this vessel until he can see it in his nails. When he's satisfied and when he's content with it, whatever is remaining, the leftover, he gives it to Umar radiallahu So that was the dream. So the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, they asked the Prophet ﷺ, فَمَا أَوَّلْتَهُ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ What is your interpretation of this dream, O Messenger of Allah? What does it mean? And the Prophet ﷺ said, Al-ilm that this dream is about knowledge. So the Prophet ﷺ drinking that milk until it could be seen in his nails, that was the knowledge that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had bestowed upon the Prophet ﷺ. And then who did he give it to? He gave the remainder to Umar radiallahu anhu. So then Umar radiallahu was known to be a person of ilm. That was the interpretation of the Prophet ﷺ regarding this dream. So it shows that Umar was from the ulama of the Sahaba. He was from the scholars of the Sahaba. And he was one of the most knowledgeable of the companions of the Prophet So this is a great virtue that the Prophet saw regarding Umar in this dream. Also from the virtues of Umar the Prophet said, لَقَدْ كَانَ فِيمَا قَبْلَكُمْ نَاسٌ مُحَدَّثُونَ فَإِنْ فِي أُمَّتِي أَحَدٍ فَإِنَّهُ عُمَرٍ The Prophet ﷺ said that in previous nations, nations that came before you, there were certain people who even though they weren't prophets, they received not revelation from Allah, but they received ilham or inspiration from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Meaning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them some inspiration for them to be on the right path, for them to know the right thing to do in certain situations. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave this gift to certain people. He gave this inspiration 
to certain people who weren't prophets. Then the Prophet said, if there is anyone who has that type of a status from my ummah, who receives this inspiration from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that guides him to do the right thing, then it is Umar radiallahu anhu. Another great virtue of Umar radiallahu anhu. And this is something that was proven, as we mentioned last week and the week before that, that many times Umar radiallahu anhu had an idea or he had an opinion that he mentioned to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And then later on, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala affirmed that opinion of Umar radiallahu anhu with revelation in the Quran. So this shows that Umar radiallahu anhu was from those people who had this gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, had this, this sense, this inspiration that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had blessed them with to, to know the right thing to do and the right thing to say in certain situations. So this was another virtue of Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu. Also one of the great virtues, one of the greatest honors for Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu was the statement of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam where he said, لَوْ كَانَ بَعْدِي نَبِي لَكَانَ عُمَرَ بْنَ الْخَطَّابِ If there were to be a prophet after me, it would be Umar ibn al-Khattab. But of course, there is no prophet after the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, مَا كَانَ مُحَمَّدٌ أَبَا أَحَدٍ مِنْ رِجَالِكُمْ وَلَكِنْ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ وَخَاتَمَ النَّبِيِّينَ Muhammad is not the father of any of the men from amongst you. But he is the messenger of Allah and he is the seal of the prophets. So there's no prophet after the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did say, لَوْ كَانَ بَعْدِي نَبِيٍ If there were to be a prophet after me. And there is not. But if there were to be a prophet after the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, it would have been Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu. So that's a great virtue and a great honor that the Prophet ﷺ mentioned regarding Umar radiallahu Also, Umar radiallahu as you know, he was someone who was very attached to the deen. And he was very strict about the deen. And we have spoken about this already in many previous lessons. The strictness and the seriousness that Umar radiallahu had when it came to matters of the religion. So there is a narration, a hadith from the Prophet ﷺ, where again he mentions one of his dreams. And remember, the dreams of the Prophets, this is revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the Prophet ﷺ, he says regarding one of his dreams, وَمَرَّ عَلَيَّ عُمَرُ بْنُ الْخَطَّابِ وَعَلَيْهِ قَمِيصٌ يَجُرُّهُ قَالُوا مَا أَوَّلْتَهُ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ قَالَ الدِّينِ So the Prophet ﷺ says, when I was sleeping, I had a dream that the people were presented to me. So different people, various people were presented in front of the Prophet ﷺ and they were wearing shirts. They were wearing shirts. And some of them had shirts that barely just went up to the top of their chest area. So very short shirt that just reached basically up to here. And then some of them had even less than that. So very short shirts. So different lengths of shirts. But when Umar ibn al-Khattab was there in that dream, how long was his shirt? It was so long that it covered his whole body 
and it actually went past his feet and he actually had to drag his shirt. So imagine that. Some people, their shirt is so short that it's only up to their chest. And Umar radiallahu anhu, his shirt is so long that it goes past his feet and he has to drag it on the ground. So the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, they asked the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, مَا أَوَّلْتَهُ يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ What is your interpretation of this dream, O Rasulullah? And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, الدين, that this is regarding the religion, the deen, your attachment to the deen. So some people had shirts that were very short, meaning maybe their, their attachment to the deen was not very strong. But Umar radiallahu anhu, his shirt was so long that it, it went past his feet and he had to drag it along. So that means his deen was very strong. His deen was very strong. Radiallahu anhu wa So these are some of the virtues that the Prophet ﷺ mentioned regarding the greatness of Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu. Alright, now before we continue on with more incidents in the life of Umar radiallahu with the Prophet ﷺ, as we've been talking about for the past few weeks, different incidents in the life of Umar during the lifetime of the Prophet ﷺ. Before we continue on that, let's just take a quick detour and we'll talk about some of the physical characteristics of Umar ibn al-Khattab. So you can try to picture him when you're, when you're talking about him and you're talking about his life and you're talking about these incidents, you can basically have a, a physical type of image in, his mind, in your mind. So you know the physical characteristics of Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu So first of all, Umar, Umar radiallahu he was extremely tall. He was very, very tall. And from the companions of the Prophet ﷺ, there were two of them who were known to be very tall. Umar ibn al-Khattab and Khalid ibn al-Walid. So these two companions, they would stand out when they were in a crowd. So imagine a crowd of a lot of people. If Umar and Khalid were in that crowd, you could make them out from far away. Usually, if if there's a crowd and there are many people in the crowd, most people are more or less the same height. Some may be a little bit taller, some may be a little bit shorter. So you re- if you're far away, you really can't make out who is who in a crowd. But as for Umar ibn al-Khattab and Khalid ibn al-Walid, even if you're far away, you can make it out. Oh, that's Umar. That's Khalid. That's how tall they were compared to other people. So they would stand out in a crowd, these two. Regarding Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu, it is said that if he was in a crowd of people, it wouldn't look like he was standing. If, if you see Umar in a crowd of people from far away, you wouldn't think he's standing up. You would think he's sitting on a horse. That's how tall he was. Because of course, when someone sits on a horse, they become much more elevated. So someone seeing Umar in a crowd, it would look like everyone else is standing, but Umar is sitting on a horse. That's what it would appear to be. But in reality, Umar radiallahu anhu, he was actually standing. So that's how big he was. That's how tall he was. Also, regarding his height, he was so tall that when he would sit on a horse, when he would sit on a horse, his feet would touch the ground. Can you imagine, can you imagine that? Sitting on a horse and your feet touching the ground? How tall do you have to be for that type of a... A situation, right? But that is how tall Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu was. Also from his physical characteristics, he was bald. Umar radiallahu he was bald. His head was bald. And he was what is known as A'sar Aysar. A'sar Aysar. That means he could use both his right hand and his left hand with proficiency. 
usually you know you're either right-handed or you're left-handed if you're right-handed then you know it's easier to use your right hand for most things if you're left-handed it's easy to use your left hand for most things and it's difficult to use your right hand but Umar radiallahu an he could use both hands perfectly proficiently so he had that gift as well he was asar asar meaning he could use the left hand and he could also use the right hand with complete proficiency and efficiency as for the tone of his skin the color of his skin he was white with redness in his skin and he had a big beard that had a lot of white hair in it he had a big beard that had a lot of white hair in it and he would color his beard with hinna he would color his beard with like a basically a, a, a yellowish type of reddish color to cover the or to color the white hairs in his beard with hinna so this was basically the physical description of Umar ibn al-Khattab so you get an idea of how he looked right okay regarding his family life the family of Umar ibn al-Khattab earlier on we spoke about his father and his mother and his ancestors but now we want to talk a little bit about his wives and his children we talked about his ancestors now we want to talk a little bit about his his immediate family his his wives and his children his descendants so umar radiallahu anhu during his lifetime he had a number of wives he had many wives and his first wife that he married was zainab bint mad'un radiallahu anha now zainab she gave birth to three children for umar radiallahu anha and they were abdullah ibn umar and abdullah ibn umar is perhaps the most famous and most well-known son of Umar ibn al-Khattab and he was also a great companion in his own right Umar ibn al-Khattab was a great companion of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam one of the younger companions of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and he is one of the companions who narrated a great number of hadith from the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam so Abdullah ibn Umar was the son of Umar ibn al-Khattab and Zainab bint Mad'un also from this marriage was Abdul Rahman ibn Umar and Hafsa bint Umar. Hafsa, she is our mother, Ummul Mu'mineen. She was the daughter of Umar and Zainab bint Mad'un. So from this marriage, he had three children Abdullah, Abdul Rahman, and Hafsa, radiallahu anhum, ajma'in. Also from the wives of Umar, radiallahu anhu, he was married to Atika bint Zayd ibn Amr. And this was actually the daughter of his paternal uncle, the daughter of the uncle of Umar, Zayd ibn Amr. Atika bint Zayd ibn Amr. So they had one son and his name was Iyad. Also from the wives of Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu was Umm Hakim bint Harith ibn Hisham. So from this marriage to Umm Hakim, Umar radiallahu anhu had a daughter named Fatima radiallahu anha. Also from the wives of Umar was Umm Kulthum bint Ali ibn Abi Talib. Umm Kulthum was the daughter of Ali and Fatima. Umm Kulthum was the granddaughter of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The sister of Al-Hassan and Al-Hussein. And she married Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu during the Khilafah of Umar. When Umar was the Amir al-Mu'mineen. He married Umm Kulthum bint Ali. He asked Ali for his daughter's hand in marriage. And Ali radiallahu anh, knowing the great status of Umar ibn al-Khattab and the great virtue of Umar ibn al-Khattab, he happily gave his daughter in marriage to Umar 
radiallahu anhu. And Umm Kulthum, of course, was very young. She was young and Umar was much older. But still, Ali radiallahu anhu saw that Umar is a man of great virtue and it's an honor for me to give my daughter in marriage to him. So Umar married Umm Kulthum. And he was asked about it later on. Why did you want to marry Umm Kulthum? And he mentioned that the reason why I wanted to marry her was because I wanted to increase my family connection to the Prophet ﷺ. Out of his love for the Prophet ﷺ. This is the granddaughter of the Prophet ﷺ. I marry her. I'm increasing my family connection to Rasulullah ﷺ. So he wanted to marry her. And also, as we know, his daughter, Umar's daughter, was married to the Prophet ﷺ. Hafsa bint Umar was married to Rasulullah ﷺ. So that connection was already there. But he wanted to, to add to that connection, to increase that connection. So he married Umm Kulthum bint Ali radiallahu anha. Also from the wives of Umar radiallahu anha was Jamila bint Thabit ibn Abil Aqlah. Jamila bint Thabit. Now Jamila bint Thabit, she was the sister of the great companion Asim ibn Thabit. And if you remember from the seerah, Asim ibn Thabit, who was he? He was one of the very brave Muslim warriors on the day of Uhud. And he was one of the soldiers who killed one of the flag bearers of the kuffar. Asim ibn Thabit, he killed one of the flag bearers of the kuffar. And when the sister of that flag bearer from the kuffar of the Quraysh, when she saw Asim kill her brother, she was so angry that this man killed her brother. She was so angry that she made an offer to the kuffar. She said, whoever kills Asim ibn Thabit and brings his head to me, I will take his skull and I will fill it with wine and I will drink wine from his skull. Then I will return the skull back to you full of gold. So whoever brings me the skull, give me the skull so I can drink wine from it. Then I'm going to return it back to you with gold. So this man, Asim ibn Thabit, literally, literally he had a price on his head. So the offer was that you bring me this head and I'm going to give it back to you full of gold. So of course, the kuffar of the Quraysh, they wanted that. So they wanted to kill him. So... Asim ibn Thabit the next year after the battle of Uhud. The battle of Uhud took place in the third year of Hijrah. So the next year in the fourth year of Hijrah, a group of people from the tribe of Bani Lihyan came to Medina pretending to be Muslims. So they had a, they had a motive, they had a plan, these people from Bani Lihyan. They came to Medina and they pretended that they, they had accepted Islam. And they said to the Prophet ﷺ, Ya Rasulullah, send some companions with us back to our tribe so they can teach us the Qur'an and they can teach us the rules of Islam. So the Prophet ﷺ, thinking that these people had actually become Muslims, he sent a group of his companions to accompany these people from Bani Lihyan back to their tribe to teach them the Qur'an and to teach them Islam. And from this delegation that the Prophet ﷺ sent to teach these people was Asim ibn Thabit So they went on their way. When they came close to the tribe, then there was an ambush. 
and the betrayal became clear. That these people who had come to Medina, they were actually just pretending to be Muslims. They really weren't Muslims. They just had lured these companions of the Prophet ﷺ into a trap. So now, they arrived near the tribe and they were surrounded on all sides by the kuffar. And they were, they were greatly outnumbered. So, Asim ibn Thabit, remember, the, the offer still stands that anyone who brings his head to this woman from the Quraysh, then she said that she would give the head back, the skull back, full of gold. So the offer was still standing at this time. So of course they had their eyes on Asim ibn Thabit. We need to kill this guy, we need to get his head. But they actually said that, look, we don't want to kill you, you, you people. We just want to take you to Mecca and we will sell you to the Quraysh. We will sell you to the Quraysh and we'll take money from the Quraysh. That's all we want to do. But these Muslims, Asim ibn Thabit, he said like, no, I'm not going to surrender and I will fight. So he fought and he made dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allahumma inni hamaytu deenaka awwal nahar fahmi lahmi akhirah. Oh Allah, I protected your religion. I guarded your religion in the beginning of the day. So Ya Allah, I ask you to protect my flesh and my body, protect my body at the end of the day. So he fought and he was killed. Asim was killed. So now these kuffar of the Quray, uh, these, these kuffar who want to sell these people to the Quraysh, they, they see Asim's body and they, they have they see that they think that they have an opportunity here now. Like we can take his head and we can get it back full of gold. So they want to approach his body, but a swarm, a huge swarm of wasps comes around the body. And there's no way that they can get near the body. So they say to themselves, okay, let's just wait, you know, this swarm of wasps, they're around right now. When they fly away, when they disperse and go away, we will come back and we'll take the body then. So they left it. But then what happened was a huge storm came. A huge storm came and it rained very heavily and it caused a flash flood. And that flooding took the body of Asim ibn Thabit away. So when the, when the raining stopped and they went to recover the body, it was gone. It had, it had been swept away with the flood. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He saved the body of Asim ibn Thabit from the kuffar. He saved his body from the kuffar. So nobody was able to catch him. Nobody was able to get his head. Nobody was able to bring his skull to that woman. Never happened. And Allah knows best where He took the body. So that is why Asim ibn Thabit is known as Dafinullah. Dafinullah. He is the one who is buried by Allah. And Allah knows where he buried him. Right? So that's Asim ibn Thabit. Great companion of the Prophet wasallam. So getting back to Umar ibn Khattab, what is his connection here? Umar was married to the sister of Asim ibn Thabit. Jamila bint Thabit. And they had a son. Umar and Jamila, they had a son. And what did they name the son? They named the son Asim. They named after his uncle this great companion, Asim ibn Thabit. So they had the son and they named the son Asim. So this is Asim ibn Umar ibn al-Khattab. Okay, so now, when Asim gets a little older, during the Khilafah of Umar ibn al-Khattab, remember Umar, during his Khilafah, he used to go around Medina in the night to make sure that everyone is okay, that nobody has any problems. He would go around patrolling the city. So one day, one night when he was patrolling the city, he came across a house where he could hear a woman and her daughter inside. 
And it was a poor woman and her daughter. They were living together. They didn't have much. They just had an animal where they would get milk from that animal and then they would sell the milk. So that was basically their income. So very poor mother and daughter. So he came across their place and he heard the mother talking to the daughter. So they had their milk that they were going to sell the next morning. They had an amount of milk in a vessel. And the mother is saying to the daughter, the mother says to the daughter, add water to the milk so that the quantity will become more. Add some water to the milk. And then the daughter says, how can we do this? This is not allowed. This is illegal. This is illegal. And then the mother says, if alihi, do it. فَإِنَّهُ لَا يَرَانَا أَمِيرُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ She said, don't, don't worry, just do it. Amirul Mu'minin Umar, he doesn't see what we're doing. He won't know. It's no big deal, just do it. And then the daughter, she replied, she said, وَلَكِنْ يَا أُمِّي يَرَانَا رَبُّ أَمِيرِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ Oh, my mother, yes, Umar doesn't see us, Amirul Mu'minin doesn't see us, but the Lord of Amirul Mu'minin, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He sees us, so we cannot do it. We cannot do it. The daughter said that, this young girl. And Umar is actually hearing this whole conversation. Amirul Mu'minin is there and he's hearing this whole conversation. So he says to his servant who is with him, he used to have his servant accompany him when he would go on these patrols of the city. His servant's name was Aslam. So he said, Ya Aslam, put a marker at this house. Put a marker at this house so tomorrow in the morning, I will know where to come back. So Aslam put a marker there. The next morning, Umar came to that home with his sons. He came back there with his sons, with Asim and his other sons as well. And he said, okay, who of you is going to marry this girl? Someone? I want one of my sons to marry this girl. She's a good girl. And the reason why he wanted one of his sons to marry that girl, obviously, was because he saw her honesty and he saw her taqwa, her fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he said, I want, I want one of you to marry her. So Asim, Asim ibn Umar, he's the one who said, I will marry her. I will marry her. So Asim married that girl. And they had a daughter. They had a daughter named Layla. And when Layla became older, she married Abdul Aziz ibn Marwan. Layla married Abdul Aziz ibn Marwan. And they had a son named Umar. And who was that son? That was Umar ibn Abdul Aziz. Umar ibn Abdul Aziz, one of the greatest rulers of the Muslims. After the Khulafa al-Rashidin, after the Prophet ﷺ and the Khulafa al-Rashidin, Umar ibn Abdul Aziz, he was perhaps the greatest ruler of the Muslims ever. Umar ibn Abdul Aziz. So he comes from the lineage of Umar ibn al-Khattab through Asim ibn Umar. So this just shows how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when there is good in your family, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He rewards the family members as well. Asim ibn Thabit, he was a great man, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he gave him a, a, a nephew with his same name as Asim. And through that lineage came Umar ibn Abdul Aziz, one of the greatest rulers, one of the greatest leaders of the Muslims. A great Khalifa, rahimahullah, Umar ibn Abdul Aziz. So that is some basic uh, history of the wives and the children of Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu. And when we see the family of Umar radiallahu an, we see that alhamdulillah, the lineage and the, the people who came from his lineage, 
they had that attachment to the deen like Umar radiallahu anhu as well. So Umar ibn Abdul Aziz, he had a lot of similarities to his great-grandfather, Umar ibn al-Khattab. There were a lot of similarities. Both of them had no concern for the dunya. Both of them were very serious in terms of their attachment to the deen. So alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed Umar and he blessed his family as well. So this is just some basic information about Umar radiallahu anhu, his physical characteristics, his wives, his children, his lineage, his family. So you know him more on a personal level as well. When we talk about the incidents in his life with the Prophet ﷺ, of course that's important. But we also want to know a little bit about him on a personal level as well. And this gives you some insight into his family and into his, his physical characteristics and his children as well. So we'll stop there for tonight inshallah and next week we'll continue talking about the life of Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu anhu bi-idhnillah. Wallahu a'lam wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Assalamu alaikum.